The following is a teaching from Irving Bible Church. For more information on how you can join us on a Sunday or take your next step, visit irvingbible.org. So glad that you are here this morning. And uh, I usually begin with that to to let you know how glad I am that you're here. But I, I want to tell you this morning... I'm really glad that I'm here. Uh, I spent the day yesterday at uh, Storyline Church in Arvada, Colorado, teaching through the, the story of the Bible. We spent about six hours and went all the way from Genesis to Revelation. The pastor there is a friend of mine and a former student of mine, and they invited me out. But that meant I flew back and got in about nine o'clock last night, and I was really nervous that something was going to go wrong and I wouldn't be here this morning. So I'm really glad that I'm here today. And that you're with us, as well as those of you who are joining us online. If you have a Bible, grab it, and let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. This morning we are continuing in our sermon series called It's Time. Um, It's a a series that we're talking about the idea that we're living through a, a defining moment in the life of our church. That for the last five years, we've been talking about and, and preparing for next up, talking about what's next and, and the need for renovated space for our children and, and our students. And we are right now, right at the end, putting the final touches on that amazing renovation project. And, and thanks to the, the grace of God and the faithfulness of God's people here at IBC, we were, we were able to do that project without taking on a dollar in debt. It's amazing. And so, yes, that's worth celebrating. Not only have we been talking for a long time about next up, next up, next up, we've also been living through the global pandemic and all the implications that that has had for us as a church, as well as churches all across the country. And, uh, and yet here we find ourselves in this moment in the life of our church saying, okay, God, it's time for us to move forward boldly into what you have for us in the future. And so we kicked off this series talking about it's time to dream big. This is a moment in the life of our church. We want to be dreaming big about the way in which God can use us to to dream big dreams and to pray bold prayers that God would use us to see lives transformed in our city and our world impacted. It's time to dream big. Then, Then last week we talked about the idea, it's time to go deep. That the way we see this expanding influence and this growing impact is as we go deeper in our discipleship to Jesus. And we talked about some things that are on the horizon for us as we move into 2022, looking at what does it mean for us to go deeper in our journey of discipleship, going deeper into the word of God. This week, we're talking about it's time to make an impact. This week, we want to explore together the, the impact that we believe God is calling us to make as his people, as we move forward in the future. Hopefully you grabbed a card as you came in. And and what I want to do this morning is uh, something a little bit different than what we typically do. Typically, I come up here and I take a passage of scripture and we just kind of walk through that, make some observations and think about its implications and its applications for our life. This week, I want to shift a little bit from that and, and walk you through this card and talk about some of the impact that I believe God is calling us to make at Irving Bible Church as we move forward in the future. Some big themes, and let's talk a little bit more in detail about some things you'll hear even more of as we move forward. Now, with that said, I want to begin with a passage of scripture that I think frames our conversation about about these impact initiatives. It's a passage of scripture in Paul's letter to Timothy. Timothy is a young, kind of rookie pastor, a protege of the apostle Paul, and he writes and gives him advice. And here in this passage, he speaks specifically about Timothy's responsibility in pastoring the church in terms of their financial generosity, their financial discipleship. 
And when we think about making an impact in our city, in our world, the reality is that impact happens together as we pool our resources, as we live the generous life so that we can see the impact that God has for us in the world. And so this passage in Paul's letter to Timothy, I believe gives us some important framing for thinking about the impact that God is calling us to make. He says this in verse 17 of chapter six. He says, command those who are rich in the present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good and to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. There's so much here that's worth spending time unpacking and yet I wanna make just a few observations to set up our conversation about these impact initiatives. The first thing just to, to note is some of you may have heard that and said, well, Woo. Thankfully, that doesn't apply to me, right? He says, command those who are rich. And you're like, well, that, that, that counts me out right there. And uh, I realize that we are a, a very diverse church in so many ways, and even including our uh, financial status. And, and yet, I think one of the things that we have to recognize is that we don't have too quick uh, an easy out from this passage. When we think about ourselves in comparison to the rest of the world, I don't think we get off the hook too quickly. When you think about the fact that almost half of the global population, over 3 billion people live on less than $2.50 a day. When you think about the fact that 80% of the global population lives on less than $10 a day. We have to recognize that, that, that most of us in here, by way of comparison to the rest of the world, have it pretty good. And that all of us, regardless of, of where we find ourselves financially, we, we all have an opportunity to live the generous life. And I think when you look at this passage, what you find, the principles within it, are there's a couple of different motivations for us engaging in the generous life. There is in this passage a, a, an external kind of motivation, and then there's an internal motivation. The, the external motivation is found right there in verse 18. He says, command them to do good and to be rich in good deeds. Do good and be rich in good deeds. Paul is essentially suggesting here that, that we have an opportunity by living the generous life to, to make an impact. And an opportunity for us to imagine what we might be able to accomplish when we live the generous life together, the impact we can make on the world. And so I want to talk to you about these five impact initiatives, five themes that we're going to be pursuing more and more as we move forward together as a church. And the first one is outreach. We believe that Jesus changes lives, both for now and for eternity. Friends, do we believe that? We believe that at Irving Bible Church, that Jesus changes lives both for now and for eternity. And that's why we're compelled to share the gospel with those who don't yet know him through some new community initiatives. We want to be a church that really emphasizes outreach, inviting people to trust and follow Jesus, inviting people to be a part of the life, the community, the family that is Irving Bible Church. 
And so there's some things that we have on the horizon that we're praying about and and planning about. One of those is the relaunch of a ministry called Alpha. Some of you may remember that years ago we had an Alpha ministry. Some of you may be aware of Alpha that's uh, happening uh, around the country and even around the world. Alpha is a a ministry that's designed to invite people who are curious about Christianity, perhaps skeptical about Christianity, inviting them in to have a conversation about Jesus in a safe space around a shared meal. And we have uh, had Alpha here in the past. It's been amazing to see what God's done and we're relaunching Alpha, not just here on our campus, but around our community to create those spaces where people can come in and have a conversation about the claims of Christianity. Uh, we're excited about some other things that we're going to be doing, some events that we'll have here on our campus that are designed for us to invite people in where they can hear the message of Jesus. And then in addition to that, we are committed to continuing to equip all of you to share your story, right, to share your journey with Jesus. Because it's really fun for me to get to stand up here and talk about Jesus. But I believe what's really powerful is when you leave this place and you go back into your neighborhoods, your workplaces, your families, and you share your own story about the way in which following Jesus is changing your life. We want to be a church that's dedicated to outreach, inviting people to trust and follow Jesus and join his family here at Irving Bible Church. Second that you'll see there on the card is recovery and healing. That we believe that life in a broken world means people have wounds, challenges, and addictions. And we want IBC to be known as a place in our area where people can find real help and real hope. That, that, that I dream that, that we would be a place that has a reputation in our community. That when there's people who have experienced loss or trauma or addiction, people that are struggling and they're looking around trying to find a place, where can I find real help? Where can I find real hope? That, that we would be known in our community, even among people who don't call this their church home, to be able to say, Irving Bible Church is a place that you can go. And there you will find real help. There you will find real hope. We're providing this kind of hope, this kind of care through a number of our um, hope and healing ministries. We have recovery every Thursday night. It's our 12-step program to address all kinds of hurts, habits, hangups. And people are experiencing deep transformation as they journey through the steps in our recovery ministry. Things like grief share, for those who are grieving a loss, hope mommies for women who have experienced miscarriage, stillbirth, or infant loss, family grace for family members of those who are struggling with mental illness, living grace for those themselves living with mental disorder, shelter from the storm for women who've experienced the trauma of sexual abuse, mending the soul. Mending the soul is a, a, a comprehensive look at how abuse has affected us and how to heal from those abuses. It's a, it's a support group for people who've experienced abuse. And we've been having mending the soul groups here at IBC for a number of years. There've been many people who have experienced deep healing through that and who now have gone out from here and are leading mending the soul groups at other places around our community. One participant who went through mending the soul here at IBC and is now leading at other parts in the Metroplex said this. She said, memories were uncovered that had been lying dormant. Realizations of the wide-reaching effects abuse leaves on a person 
helped my understanding of current relational challenges. She says this to you. She says, I'm so grateful that IBC invests in the recovery journey for God's children. It's not an easy ministry, but so much growth and relational healing can occur in these areas. It's a transformational process that yields great treasure for the kingdom. Having a safe space to walk through trauma with a loving leader and a warm cup of tea invites me to keep pressing on toward the upward call of God. Friends, you are helping make that kind of transformation and that kind of healing possible. And we want to be a place that is known in our community that IBC is where you can go to find real help and real hope. Outreach, recovery, and healing. Third, you see there, serving our city. We believe that showing up to bless the city will lead to life change, both for us and for those we serve. We want to mobilize both the people and the resources of Irving Bible Church to impact our local community in the name of Jesus. This is something that we as a church have, have long been known for. A church that shows up, a church, a church that, that serves our community, that makes an impact on our city. And, and we want to continue that. We even want to up our game. We want to mobilize not just resources, not just dollars, but we want to mobilize you. We want to mobilize us together to show up and to serve our city. And we believe that as we show up, lives are changed, both ours in the showing up to serve and theirs as we serve them. We do this in a variety of ways around here. Some of the things that that we uh, are continuing to pray about and plan about is how God can continue to use us to respond to the growing issue of homelessness within our community. We participate with the Irving Homeless Coalition and we partner with some organizations that are specifically designed to address the issue of homelessness here in Irving. At-risk kids that, that we recognize that within our surrounding community, there are, there are youth, there are students, teenagers, and kids that, that are in that at-risk category. And we want to show up for them. And so we send mentors and, and, and half-hour heroes into our schools to be there for our kids, to mentor them. Uh, our 2435 medical clinic, we've talked about before, I mentioned a couple weeks ago, right out here in this space that used to be our chapel, we're renovating that space to make it even that much more accessible for people to be able to come and experience a very high level of medical care when they might not otherwise have access to it. And God is using that 2435 medical clinic to, to make an impact on the lives of many. In addition to this, we have some new initiatives that we want to launch as we look ahead into the next year. We want to uh, organize a Serve Our City weekend. Uh, We're actually following the lead of our students in this. Our youth ministry has, for the last couple of years, organized a Serve Our City weekend where we get hundreds of, of teenagers that just show up to serve practical needs in the city around us. And we want to follow the lead of our teenagers and say, let's all join in. Let's all show up. Let's all take a weekend where hundreds of us can be mobilized around our little corner of the Metroplex and serve the practical needs of the people around us. So we're praying about and planning about a Serve Our City weekend. We want to be a church that's known for showing up, serving people, recognizing that life changed both in us as we show up and in them as we serve. Outreach, recovering healing, serving our city, and then serving our world. That we believe that um, targeted projects for our 11 global mission partners will be life-changing for the communities in which they are launched. 
both by meeting practical needs and drawing hundreds to the love of Jesus. We want to be a church that has an increasing impact, not only in our immediate vicinity, but around the world. And friends, because of you, because of your faithfulness, because of your generosity, uh, people's lives are being saved from contaminated water through the drilling of water wells and the distributing of water filters through our partnership with Water is Basic. Girls are being rescued and rehabilitated from sex trafficking through our partnership with My Refuge House. Pastors are being trained and cared for in a number of our partnerships that are oriented around uh, training and sending out pastors to plant churches and to do the work of evangelism. People are meeting Jesus around the world because of your faithfulness. Because of your faithfulness, orphans are being provided with food. Um, my buddy Damon is one of my favorite IBCers. And I realize as a pastor, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to have favorite IBCers, right? It's kind of like as a parent, you're not really allowed to have favorite kids. But Damon is one of my favorite IBCers. And, and Damon, as a result of his participation in the life of this church and the ministries of this church, it birthed a dream in him to be able to come up with sustainable solutions to the problem of food scarcity for orphanages in the developing world. And so Damon, through his background in agriculture, through some connections that he had through a lot of new learning, launched TAG, Targeted Aquaponic Growth, an IBC partner. And through our partnership with, with TAG, uh, we're being able to, to help feed orphans, not only around the world, but even right here within our community. Damon wanted to put together a prototype of this aquaponic system that could be self-sustaining, providing both um, meat and produce for an orphanage. And so that prototype is now serving um, kids who live in a foster community right here in our area in Keller, Texas. Um, If you want, Damon, I'm sure we'll take you out there and show you that, that system. It's amazing. But that system then becomes the prototype that can be reproduced around the world. A self-sustaining system that provides food for Orphans in other parts of the developing world. An amazing impact. And your faithfulness, your generosity is helping make that impact around the world. We want to be a church that's making an impact through outreach, through recovery and healing, through serving our city, through serving our world, and through caring for our campus. We believe that this ongoing work on our campus will help us to serve more people and facilitate new connections by maximizing the space that God has generously provided for us. You know, sometimes people will ask, how, what percentage of your budget goes to mission? And what they usually mean when they ask that question is, is how much money are you sending internationally? But if you were to ask me how much of our budget goes to mission, I would tell you 100%. Because God has called us as a church to, to participate in his mission in the world. And every dollar that we spend is ultimately oriented to reaching people, inviting them to trust and follow Jesus, and then sending them out to make an impact on the world. And that includes every dollar that we spend for the care and upkeep of this facility. And you all have been so generous, and God has so graciously provided for us to, to complete this renovation. But, but we've got more work to do in this building. And it's not work that necessarily is as exciting as going through that renovated space. Things like in the next few years, we're going to have to replace the roof on this building. We've got to upgrade some technology. We've got some just spaces that need to be cleaned up and upgraded. And so we believe that the care of our campus is an essential part of our pursuit of God's mission in our city. That this campus 
is a crucial tool in our accomplishing the purposes that God has called us to. To illustrate that, I want to tell you about Arun and his family. Arun's grandfather was a Christian, but his father was not. He uh, was in America, in the U.S. for 12 years, but didn't go to church. They lived in an apartment not far from here, and they would walk to Mustang Park for the kids to play. And one day as they're on the walk, they see a turtle that's crossing the road. And they decide that they want to help the turtle, to, to rescue the turtle. And so they take the turtle and they, they find this pond out here behind our building. And, and they take the turtle and return him to the safety of the pond. Well, as they're walking, they see the cross in our little prayer garden. And they become curious. What's, what's that all about? Not too long later, they sort of explored and, and discovered the tubes, our, our children's play area. And so their kids love the tubes and, and they would just be up here all the time letting their kids play in the tubes. And so after a little while of hanging out in the tubes, they, they decided, well, maybe we should check it out on a Sunday, just see what it's all about. And so in 2017, they started to, to come and attend our worship services here. And over the course of the next four to six months, the whole family decided to trust and follow Jesus. And we baptized them out here just a few weeks ago. Yes, this is worth celebrating, right? And this is just one of many stories that we can tell about the journey from the tubes to the baptistry, right? God is using this building, this campus to change lives. It's an essential tool for the accomplishment of all that God has called us to. And we have a responsibility to to take care of it, to keep it um, updated. And so... We believe that even our care for our campus is an important part of the impact that God wants us to make. Now, all of that is really about the external motivation. The external motivation for our participation in the generous life is to think about all the good we can do in the world. And there's some amazing things that we're able to accomplish. But as I mentioned, this passage also points us to an internal motivation, the external motivation to, to, to do good, to be rich in good deeds. But look what Paul says in verse 19. In this way, right, as they participate in the generous life, in this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. So that, and if you've been around very long, you know to pay attention to what comes after the so that. So that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. The internal motivation for our participation in the generous life is it's part of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. It's part of our worship to God. But Paul says here, it's good for us. That as we live lives of open-handed generosity, it's part of the way then that we take hold of the life that is truly life. Jesus said something similar about treasures in his famous words in Matthew chapter six in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Here's what I think we always have to keep in mind when we start talking about money in church. I realize that it can be a little bit of a, Uncomfortable subject, but here's what we always need to keep in mind. God does not want your money. He's doing very 
very well in that department. Thank you very much. Right? The psalmist says, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Um, a wise man once said, the God I believe in isn't short of cash, mister. Some, some of you that are my age will recognize that. The rest of you have no idea what I'm referring to. So let's just keep moving. Um, God doesn't want your money. He wants your heart. But the thing is, is that God knows that your money and your heart are intimately connected. That Jesus says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And it's interesting because this is actually kind of counterintuitive, right? We think that, that, that the things that we love, we give our money to. But Jesus says there's actually something uh, reverse of that. That, that. There's something certainly true of that. But actually where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Your heart goes after the places where you spend your money, where you invest your money. What you give to, your heart moves toward. And so Jesus is calling us to participate in the generous life, to participate in all that God is doing. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There's an external motivation. Be be rich in good deeds. But an internal motivation. This is part of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. It's part of what it means to worship God. And it's good for you. And so we are over the course of the next 90 days going together on a journey on the generous life journey. You can see on the other side of the card there that uh, we're inviting everybody that's part of IBC um, to engage in this journey with us over the course of the next 90 days as we move toward the end of the year, October, November, December, a 90 day generous life journey where we're asking God to help us to participate with him to see the impact that we can make together as we pool our resources, a growing sense of impact on the world, but also experiencing the growing impact of God in our own lives, seeing the way in which we actually experience his power transforming us as we live with increasing open-handed generosity. So I wanna challenge and encourage each and every one of you to pray about how you would participate in this 90-day generosity journey. For those who maybe are already regularly involved in giving generously to IBC, how might God challenge you over the course of these next 90 days to, 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 to dig a little bit deeper? For those of you maybe who are not already on the journey with us to, to step forward and say, I want to participate. You'll see on that card a QR code that you can scan. Even right now, if you want to, you can scan that QR code with your phone And it'll take you to a website that allows you to sign up and be a part of this journey together. Over the course of this time, every 15 days during this 90-day journey, you'll get an email that has some devotional materials, some videos uh, to encourage you along the way, some more information about the things that God is doing in and through Irving Bible Church as we journey together. And so you can sign up there. In addition to that, over the course of these 90 days, we're going to be launching a, a budgeting class. Maybe for some of you, it's time to just say, you know what, it's time to get my finances in order. Um, things have gotten a little bit off track and I, I just want to get my financial life in order. We're going to be starting a budgeting class on October the 10th, right after this 1045 service. It's a five-week course that provides practical tools for personal finance based on biblical principles. It's a wonderful opportunity for you to just do some work of getting things in order. I believe God has great things in store for us as we journey together. The external motivation is to do good and to be rich in good deeds, to think about the impact that we can make 
in the world. The internal motivation is the recognition that this is part of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. This is part of what it means to worship God and that it's good for us because it allows us to take hold of the life that is truly life. Friends, let's do good. Let's be rich in good deeds and let's take hold of the life that is truly life. It's time for us to make an impact. Thank you for listening to this teaching from Irving Bible Church. For more information on how to join us on a Sunday or take your next step, visit irvingbible.org.